Welcome to Full Potential, Thriving with Neurodiversities. I'm your host, Sarah Intonato. This podcast teaches parents of children with neurodiversities, such as autism, ADHD, learning disabilities, and beyond, to support their kids in reaching their full potential so that they can thrive instead of letting stereotypes define them. My mission is to end suffering amongst these parents by giving them the tools to heal themselves, which in turn empowers them to be bold, confident advocates for their children. By addressing a variety of topics, such as well-being, advocacy, and spirituality, these parents stop being the victims of a broken system and instead succeed in providing their unique children with exactly what they need to thrive and share their gifts with the world. One by one, these families now change the world through their uniqueness instead of being victimized by it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey there, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode where we're looking at a topic that should, I'll put that in air quotes, seem easy to fix. And that is the topic of time management with your child's routines, especially time management for a neurodiverse child who struggles to do things in what you might consider a timely fashion, like get ready for school in the morning or finish their homework or clean up after dinner. And this is a topic that many parents, when they can't solve, feel bad about because in their mind, it should be so easy. And when they say that to me, I ask them, hey, did you breastfeed? Many say yes, not everyone, but many say yes. And I ask them, was that easy for you? And they laugh because they know where I'm going with this. It's a bodily function that's natural that many women go into thinking, oh, this should be easy. And then when it's not easy, they feel upset. Shouldn't I know how to do this? Shouldn't I have this figured out? You know, everyone else seems to have it easy. Why can't I? And They're doing and saying the same things to themselves when it comes to supporting their neurodiverse child's time management needs. And one mom came to our call this week telling me how her daughter, who has ADHD and is in fifth grade, is showing so much improvement with the support that she's been receiving. Homework time is easier Dinner time is easier, but the morning routine continues to be a hot mess. And one of the reasons why we discovered is that her daughter feels a lot of pressure around time. Some kids, if you give them a timer and say, you got five minutes to brush your teeth and wash your face, think, oh, great. I know what's expected of me. This is not the case with her child. She just feels pressure. She just worries that she won't be able to do it. And the worry is so consuming that she ends up finding things to distract herself rather than face the possibility of failure or not doing it right. And her mom, who does not have issues with time, came to me saying, how do I support this kid? Because on the one hand, I'm very sensitive to her needs. And on the other hand, you still have to get to the school bus in the morning. Like It's going to leave without you if you're not there. So how can we figure out a way that this can be both sensitive to her and also effective for me because everyone's still got to get to school on time. If this sounds like you, 
Keep listening because you are in the right place. The first thing we did was check the mom's energy. So if your child is feeling time pressure and not performing in a way that you know is going to give them the result that they need, what is your reaction to that? Do you start spinning out thinking, oh, well, they're not going to make the school bus. And if they don't make the school bus, I'm going to have to drive them. And then if I have to drive them, then I'm going to miss my morning meeting. And if I miss that, my boss is going to get mad at me. Are you 10 steps down the line? Because if you are, I can guarantee it is not going to help your child feel better about managing their time in an efficient way. So step one, check yourself. Pause, take three deep breaths before you say anything in response or do anything in response. Now, you might be thinking, Sarah, I don't have time to take three deep breaths. We've got to make the school bus. If that's your reaction, then you automatically know you need to set the alarms five minutes earlier, no matter what, so that you have time to take a breath and so do they. If you need to, they're not robots, neither are you. And there might be days where it takes them a little longer to do something. If you're feeling the pressure, they're going to feel your intensity. It's up to you to remove that pressure you're putting on yourself so that they don't feel it as well. After you've done that, then you can focus on your child. I'm going to remind you of an acronym to keep in mind whenever you're dealing with a neurodiverse child. The child I spoke about in that example a moment ago has an ADHD diagnosis. This acronym is very often used for children with ADD and ADHD, but I found it to be effective with other neurodiversities as well. So if your child has a different diagnosis, keep listening because there will be takeaways from this that you can use without fail. And that is the acronym of NICE. Novelty, interest, meaning a personal interest in something, challenge, and extreme urgency. Extreme urgency like the bus is going to be here in 30 seconds. You got to get it together. These are the motivating factors for a brain that operates with ADHD. Novelty, interest, challenge, and extreme urgency. One thing I want to say about extreme urgency, your child might be in La La Land, you know, creating dances to their favorite song in their bedroom when they should be brushing their teeth and washing their face. And only when you say, I see the bus, do they suddenly respond and think, well, wait, I have to brush my teeth and wash my face. And you think, why? They had the last 30 minutes to do this. Why are they waiting until now? I set the timers. I did the things. It's because their brain operates under extreme urgency. But here's one thing I want you to know about extreme urgency. It might work very well in that it ultimately gets the job done, but it also is stealing tomorrow's dopamine for today. So in other words, if you're stealing the dopamine that you need to function for the rest of the day and night and the next day, you're going to have a shorter fuse. So if you're stealing that dopamine 
when you hear, oh, the school bus is going to be here. It's, I see it. Get downstairs now. And that dopamine hit is enough to get you going to complete the task. That's great. But it also might mean you come home from school with a short fuse and you're acting up or you're falling into a puddle at dinner time because you can't manage your emotions. Or the next morning you're on the hot mess express because you've used up all the dopamine that you have and your body is not able to support you in that moment. So knowing this acronym now, knowing that we need to be careful with the extreme urgency piece to get a neurodiverse brain moving effectively, how can we look at novelty, interest, and challenge as means to help your child manage their time specifically? Novelty, interest, and challenge can help manage a lot of things, but today we're looking at it through the lens of time. So think of the concept of time, numbers, a clock, those visual cues a student sees when they have a stopwatch or a countdown. And if those are things that they associate with pressure, then you're going to want to give them something else where they can track time effectively, but without the pressure. Here's an example. Your child might love music. A lot of kids do. And you can always throw a speaker or one of the Amazon Alexas in the bathroom and say, okay, put on one song and that's going to be how much time you have to brush your teeth and wash your face. When the song's over, it's time to go. You can even inject novelty into a situation like that by changing the song every day and surprising them with something. I think this is a great parenting hack to expose your kids to music from your childhood that they would never otherwise hear. So you could make it fun. Like, I wonder what the song's going to be today. Let's run to the bathroom and get our teeth brushed so we can hear it. A way of having the novelty and the interest then involved together would be Oh, hey, yesterday when you were brushing your teeth, we listened to Prince. Did you like that song? What would you be interested in listening to today? Music from the 70s or music from the 80s? Get into their brain. See what your child likes and think about how their interests could become part of this routine because that will motivate them to use the routine. It will motivate them to participate in the routine instead of feeling pressured by the routine. Challenge is something that many people are motivated by, but especially neurodiverse brains, especially ADHD brains. I bet you can't brush your teeth and wash your face before the song's over. Guarantee your child will accomplish this task. It's so interesting because when I hear that, I think, oh, that adds pressure. For a neurotypical brain, it might, but for an ADHD brain, it doesn't. So think of how you can make it a game, a fun game, a challenging game, and look at that concept of time in a different way. And I'm just giving this music example as one way, but that might not be the only example. There are are so many options. 
endless options that you can use to govern time. I think of music because most songs you know these days are about an average of like three to four minutes. And if you keep that in mind or you know how long a song is, it can be a way for you to govern time. And this is something I discovered by accident because my kids love the water. They will stay in the shower until the cows come home. And I had to find a way to conserve water, make sure their skin didn't prune, and also not be the mean mommy all the time who's like, hey, shower's over. You're killing the planet because they're bored of hearing that. And I don't like to be the nag. So I figured this out by myself. They love music. I put in music in the bathroom. And you got one more song in there, guys, then it's time to dry off. And it worked beautifully. And it wasn't a fight. So I'm sharing this with you, but it's not the only technique. You might govern time using visual cues of like a sand going down an hourglass. Well, oh, when this is over, it's time to get out of the shower. And if your child's very visually motivated, if they're a visual processor, that might be a great way to manage time without the stress of the numbers. Um, and there are other things you can do too. Think of a noise-making toy that you turn the dial, it makes noise or it shakes or whatever, and then when the dial's over, it stops. That's another way to manage time. So there are endless possibilities in terms of how you manage time, how you encourage your children to manage time that don't have to be with a clock, especially if your child has anxiety around test-taking or doing homework, they might have developed time trauma from having those types of stressful experiences in a school setting, maybe before they were diagnosed or before they had the type of support they need to take a test effectively. So their pushback around time pressure is not something they're doing to spite you, or it's not just because they don't like it. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they had an experience where it felt challenging or they felt ostracized or unsupported and that's why time is stressful for them. So it's up to you to make it fun. Put on your Mary Poppins hat. Think about something that would light you up in the morning for this routine because if it lights you up, it's going to light them up as well. If they see you putting on your favorite song and dancing around the bathroom while you brush your teeth, they're going to want part to be part of it. And that's going to get the teeth brushed and that's going to get them out the door. So it always comes back to your energy. Checking in with yourself. When in doubt, ask yourself what you need to do to make it fun. How can you change the vibration in the morning? How can you change that energy? And then... Do it and encourage them to join you. Remember not to judge yourself if what you're already doing isn't perfect. It's okay if it's not perfect. It doesn't mean you can't change it. It doesn't mean you can't try new things. And it doesn't mean new things won't work. So get out of your victim mentality when you think, oh, nothing works with these kids. Something will work but there's no guarantee it's going to be the first thing you try and there's no guarantee. It won't take some experimenting. But how can you let that experimentation be fun? 
How can you bring that joy back into that routine? Joy is my top value. When I'm having fun in my life, everything works. Parenting, career, everything. When I feel like it's a grind and I'm slogging my way through the day, nothing works. So how can you bring some childlike joy into your life? Think back to when you were a kid and think of something that you always wanted to do that your parents wouldn't let you or that your teacher wouldn't let you do. This is your chance to have fun and let that happen. Go heal your inner child wound by allowing yourself to do that totally outlandish thing and try to insert it into your daily life with your kids in a way that makes their routines fun. Maybe you can't do that with managing your time in the morning, but maybe you can do it in a different way, like washing the dishes at night or folding laundry. The time is just one routine we're talking about today, but there are endless opportunities for you to look at this as an opportunity to bring the joy back into your parenting. The reason we start with the time is because, let's face it, your kids have got to go to school. They've got to do things. And we want to show them a way that gives them confidence so that they can do it instead of labeling themselves as being bad with time or they don't know time management or blah, blah, blah. Maybe their time management just needs to look different. And you can be the one who helps them with that. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, listening is not enough. If you're thinking, huh, this is great, but there are so many other things I have to work on and I don't know where to start, click the link in the show notes, book in for a roadmap session with me. You will leave that call with clarity around how to spend your energy helping your child and yourself to thrive, where you need to put the fire out first, and how to do it. Have a beautiful day. Take care. If today's show resonated with you, please leave a review through your favorite podcast provider as it's an important step in allowing new listeners to find us when they need to hear this message in their own lives. 